Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode of the Bright Morning Podcast. Now, I am here with Chris. How's it going today, Chris? Hey, Clayton. It's going well. Thank you. It's going. Uh, we're just going to get right into it today because uh, there is something that we've been wanting to discuss, and it's kind of hard to... I, I didn't want to write it out into an article because uh, there's no way that I can really make it under 10 pages long. And I don't want to send a 10 page newsletter to my readers. I'd rather just kind of hash these ideas out in real time with Chris here. Um, I wouldn't but... get through the edit bay. Exactly. Yeah. It just <laughs> <laughs> would be a, it would be an imposition. Um, so what we were going to talk about today is the culture of free speech. Um, it, I don't think what's puzzling me is, uh, I don't think free speech is, it, it's not easy for people to understand why free speech is so important. There's a new bill here in Canada that's being proposed by uh, the Trudeau Liberals called Bill C-10. And what it effectively does is it gives the CRTC uh, control to determine what is regulated in online content. So what that means is that YouTube videos and now even accounts with large followings, which could be blue checks on Twitter, can have their content regulated by the CRTC. And some people might not think that's such a big deal, but for example, uh, an account like Jordan Peterson, he has an extremely large following, he's Canadian. So that is technically Canadian generated content. And because he is extremely critical of political correctness ideologies and gender identity theory and critical race theory and whatnot, uh, those views are politically unfavorable to the ideological inclinations of the Trudeau liberals. And so theoretically, they could just close his account down uh, because they could say that his content is not heritage friendly because that is who is proposing it as Stephen Guybalt, the Minister of Heritage. Uh, who could not even defend his own bill on live television a couple of weeks ago. And it was rather embarrassing and sad seeing that this is the man who is going to be able to determine what we can think, what we can see, what we can read, and what we can publish online. I am not comfortable with that. And when I've been speaking about this just with peers and everyday people, I don't, I don't, I get the sense that free speech isn't exactly valued in our culture right now uh, because people think it will lead to hate speech. And so I want to talk about why free speech is a paramount non-negotiable value of Western societies today here with Chris. So Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I think- well, um, Let's start with, why do you think people don't value freedom of speech right now? Because I don't have an answer for that. I don't think that- people understand we just have it too good and i think people don't understand how important it is uh, mm -hmm. like quite frankly and i and i hate to sound like a broken record because i think we could come off as like peterson bros but like uh well when was it like what three or four years ago now wow i mean it feels like yesterday but when peterson sort of came uh came to be um with B bill c16 Mm -hmm. That was really the first time I paid attention to it because you just take, you just take it for granted, yeah. I think. And, um, and so I think that's part of it, right. Is that even if you're for it at a like level of values or principles, I just think that people don't think that they can lose it. They don't. And they also don't understand the importance of it and where it could lead. And um, 
Yeah. It's funny because you look yeah. at you look at Bill C sixteen and what he was proposing at the time, and it's exactly what's happened. Yes, it's he, exactly he, what's happened. He was one hundred percent right. Uh, yep. there, there have been people who have been jailed and held without bail for judges for not respecting the pronouns of others. That has been deemed hate speech in the same category as Holocaust denial. And yeah. as mutual friends of ours will attest, some of the most egregious criminals always get bail. But now here, because a man refuses to call his daughter he, he is being held without bail. And I'm, and that is deeply, so Peterson was 100% correct. He was talking, people said, oh, no, 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 you're blowing this out of proportion. But even back yeah. in 20, even back in 2017, when Lindsay Shepard, for just playing that clip yep. of Peterson in her class, she yep. was accused by a diversity administrator at Wilfrid Laurier. I believe her name was Adria Droll. She said that she was violating Bill C-16 and therefore subject to federal punishment. She yep. said that to a 22-year-old teaching assistant for showing a video clip. And so what the, com the most common argument I hear with freedom of speech is, oh, just don't say bad things. And people always, it, it's not so easy to identify it when you think about it for more than 10 seconds, what necessarily is a bad thing. And people think that it, people, people who make that argument never assume that uh, clampdowns on free speech could be used against them, but it's usually them right. who are implicated first when those laws become enabled. Uh, because you say yeah. something that's politically unfavorable, or you say something that everyone agreed up, up until yesterday, and then suddenly someone on Twitter decided it was offensive. And then, boom, done, you're it. And now if, that, if there's the long arm of the law associated with that, it's deeply uncomfortable. And I'm personally uh, fearful of this because you and I, we run a conservative newsletter. Uh, the Trudeau liberals do not like conservative views. And so no. we could very easily fall under CRTC supervision under this new legislation. And yeah, I think, so I think it falls apart immediately when you think about the lack of definition for hate speech, yes. right? Yeah. Because, yeah, there, because there is no definition for hate speech. There is no definition. They, yeah. they refuse to define it. And so um, uh, there will never be an end to it until they do define it. You know, yeah. we can define like you can't scream fire in a crowded theater type of thing, which I'm I'm always right of your opinion. I believe like you should be able to say whatever the fuck you want. Like sunlight I, is the best I, I agree. disinfectant. I'm, I'm a free speech absolutist. I believe that uh, like even, for example, Bernie Sanders, when he arguably enticed that person to shoot up an abortion no, I can't, I don't want to misspeak here. Bernie Sanders said something, then one of his supporters shot someone. Bernie Sanders is not responsible for that man's action. Right. I don't know the example you're using, but I agree with you. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak the example here, but that is the very general context. Uh, well, the more obvious example is Trump exactly. inciting violence at the Capitol. But, and this is the thing, Trump did not incite violence. Correct. Was, if you, was, if you, if you actually watch and listen. Yeah end-to-end -to, -end to the rally he didn't there there was not one part where he said i want you to go attack that capital i believe his exact words was we're going to go down there and make our voices heard peacefully was his exact quote and again i think people are forgetting the other part of the story here he was acquitted of such behavior mm -hmm. and and so people can just say oh well he implied that but that is that is not for a government to say what someone implied 
when they're speaking. Either we take people at face value for their words or we don't. We cannot go with these secret meanings just because we don't yeah. like someone. Well, and it goes back to the definitions too. Yeah. And so, and that's why hate speech is really, hate speech can only be, their only real definition of it is whatever the parties in power hate. That's right. what hate speech is. If you voice an opinion that the parties in power dislike, then you're hate speech. And so- Well, that that's the simplest argument. It's, it's just as bad for the right as it is for the left or the center or whatever fucking direction you want to point in. It's and, not good for anybody. Yeah. And if and the other common argument here is, oh, if it threatens someone's sense of identity. Well, it's just like, well, how do you know that your sense of identity isn't misguided? And this is something Peterson's actually been working out in his uh, new lecture series is that just your identity is something that can't just work for you exclusively. Your identity has to work for you in the now, everyone else you in the now. It's because you're playing multiple, you're playing series of interactions with people, not just now, but in the future. And so your identity has to be compatible with the broader sense of social mores. And so for if you're if you're someone who believes that you can change your identity on uh, twice a day and say that you're this in the morning and this in the afternoon and then this for dinner then that's just not going to work. And then if you throw hate speech legislation at someone, then it's just, you have a dysfunctional society. Because what if I want to say, I don't like people who, I don't know. If someone says something that offends me, then I can just say, oh, well, I hate that. That's hate speech towards me. Everything that I dislike is anti-Clayton a Clayton speech. And so it's, there, there is no definition for hate speech. And so at this, at the same time that there's no definition for hate speech, I don't, people don't understand why free speech and open dialogue is so important. This is what I really want to get to here. And the biggest thing that I can think of is that free speech and open dialogue is important because that's how you, that's how you determine what the truth is. It's Dial also where you, where yeah. you find the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, so Galileo, 500 some odd years ago, he was, if this was, if he was alive now, then he'd be accused of hate speech because he was saying, he was talking about theories of gravity and the idea that the earth doesn't, or that the sun doesn't revolve around the earth. The Catholic church did not like that. So they, they hated that. And so if Galileo was alive now, he'd be canceled. He'd be thrown off, he'd be thrown off Twitter and now locked up under the Trudeau government. And so, but he was right. That's the thing. It's like free speech and open dog is how you question ideas and how you, how you work through nuances and how you discover what the truth is. And the other thing. Yeah. Is well, that's a really good point though. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but no, I think practic practically speaking, like if we're talking about, you know, what creates a good society and what pushes us forward as a society, um, you know, you can't have innovation without failure and you mm -hmm. can't have, failure if you're not allowed to try mm -hmm. you're not allowed to speak you're not allowed to say things you're not allowed to test ideas test language you know and mm -hmm. that's what this stifles like you said yeah and so so freedom of speech not only it not only it helps you determine what's true but it also allows you to recognize when you yourself are in error and so if you don't have open dialogue then you simply have no way of determining when you're wrong and isn't that what you want? Isn't a quest for the truth supposed to be the paramount value of a society? In our current society, it clearly is not, because that is why the, the court decision that Guy Ball used to support his uh, 
legislation. He said that while we recognize, I wrote about this in one of my articles back in early February, but he said something to the effect of, while we recognize that freedom of speech is important for discovering what the truth is, we have to recognize that those truths can cause hurt feelings or something to that ridiculous effect. And that's just not going to work. Like, for like, if, how are you supposed to talk about anything that's uncomfortable if you if you want to talk about crime statistics and and demographics and all this stuff? Then how do you push we, forward, right? Yeah, how do you make progress? Then it, it's it's really put it, it's put into the hate speech category. And then the other thing is uh, when I hear people say, "Oh, we don't freedom of speech. Oh, it, it can go too far." They say that other people are dumb. That's the, that's the thing that I say is that other people are dumb. And it's just like, well, how do you know you're so much smarter than they are? What makes you so damn special that you know that every single word you're saying is true? Because people go around saying and believing lots of crazy things. Again, going back 500 years ago, everyone knew that the earth was flat. There are still groups who believe that today. But they, have abs- they absolutely have a right to espouse those opinions because even if they can't say it, they're still going to think it. And if they, if they, if they're not allowed to open that and they're, they're going to feel persecuted and that's not going to correct their thoughts and, and their facts, that's going to make them double down on their beliefs because they believe they're being persecuted, which well, they that, are. That's such a good point. And it's so timely, right? Like we're seeing that now people mm-hmm. are being stifled, not just their speech, but especially where you are in Ontario, like, you can't do fucking anything. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to a restaurant. And what do you think that, and you can't say what you can't say anything. Yeah. You can't say that um, the vaccines might be harmful. You can't say that masks don't work. You can't say that lockdowns don't work. Do, and do you know I'm not debating. Called? I'm not debating either way, but yeah. I think the problem is, is regardless of whether or not any of those things are true or false, people are, like you said, are going to believe what they're going to want to believe. And if they can't, let their ideas out and have them have that argument play out in real time. And guess what? They're going to go into their dark fucking corners and they're going to create the extremes. Yeah. The extremes come out of not being able to work those ideas out publicly. Exactly. And we're seeing it. Yeah. And for example, the, the college of physicians in Ontario, I think that's the organization's name. They put out a statement uh, instructing doctors and nurses not to speak out against lockdowns because uh, in which, which is insane because there are thousands upon thousands of doctors. The most notable example is Jay Bhattacharya of mm-hmm. uh, Yale or Stanford. The guy who created Stanford. the great, yeah, the guy who created yeah. the great Barrington declaration. Yeah. He said that lockdowns are going to be looked at as one of the most disastrous public health policies that we've implemented this century. Of course. Well, that's my and, opinion. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that opinion and he's clearly a very credible source, but so if a guy like that can say, he can say that in the States, but now in Ontario, their bureaucratic organizations are saying that you can lose your license for saying such things, or they're at least threatening the, uh, the credentials of, their, of the people who are associated with that college, which is deeply uncomfortable because again, all you're doing is just setting up a series of trip mines. So people just know the proper words to avoid. So they're still going right. to go on, they're still going to go on thinking it. And this is true for anything. It comes, for, it comes with racist thoughts. Because people just know what words to avoid, but they're still going to think those things because they right. can't, they can't avoid. And I'm not saying you should be walking around saying the N word or anything like that in, in calling people that that's, that's not the argument for free speech that I'm making here. What I'm making is that you cannot 
throw these people in jail and just say, there we go, we removed one inconvenience from our society. You have to talk with people. If you want to, if you want to have a productive society, you have to engage with even the most reprehensible views because they're still going to think it. And if you clamp down on them, then they're going to double down on those thoughts. Right. I mean, if you, if, and especially if you, if you just think practically, we talked about society and what's moves society forward. And if you want to encourage positive change in something that, that is, dare I say, inequitable or, or, or a bad idea, perhaps as, as we define collectively as a society, mm-hmm. um, you you have to speak about that it has to be out in the public and um what was the point i was gonna make i lost it it's okay but it's it's the idea that you need to like there's just no other way like it's it's either you it's either you allow ugly things to be said or you allow the or you allow radicalization take your pick right and like so there's no it's it's not people often think that there's that's there's always an optimal solution in society there's not it was thomas Sowell who said like policy in society is based on trade-offs nothing that's inherently good there's always a trade-off so it's either you allow for some hurt feelings which is really all that speech does is at most it can hurt your feelings. Speech is not violence. It is not a weapon. It is words that people use to make sense of the world around them. That's what speech is. And you can be offended by that, or you can, you can do your best to set your emotions aside and try and understand why someone thinks what they think. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of what's good for society. Um, no, I don't have anything to add there. I mean, so, okay. So before we get back to the philosophical, I just wanted to ask a tactical question. I don't know if you know the okay. answer to this sure. on the, on the bill itself. Cause you mentioned like, um, they could be stifling something like Bright Morning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the CRTC, which is the Canadian Radio Television Control or whatever. Something like that. Uh, yeah, anyways. Um, you said that they, like Jordan Peterson's content is Canadian content, so it could be regulated. Do you know the definitions of that? Like, does it have to, is it Canadian, is it content created by a Canadian is it content created on Canadian soil? Is it content created on a Canadian platform? Because that seems like very, very vague. And it feels like, um, what's that statute or whatever that the, the tech, com- tech companies leverage to claim that they're a platform, not a publisher? Section it feels like 230. That, yeah, 230 protection. It would like kind of like absolve the everyone and of that like do you know any of the specifics around the jurisdiction i I, I don't know because i think that was a new amendment that was introduced extremely recently because this bill has come under massive scrutiny like even ever even some of the most left-wing organizations like the cbc have uh, 
criticized this bill and spoken about its major implications for free speech. And uh, so I, I don't know what the CRTC regulations uh, would or specifications would be, whether if it's content made on Canadian soil or Canadian users, but just broad, we're talking broad, about like police state, like, like, this is so China shit. That's yeah, what it is. I was just going to say that. I was like, yeah. this is China. Like, because, because now that's, I'm, that's I'm just, even, I'm, I'm thinking that's not hyperbolic either. This no, is literally I'm thinking what China of this does. practically. I'm thinking about this practically, right? You would have to I'm getting into like the nitty gritty of the tech, but like you would have to control like the isps you'd have to control it at like the internet service provider level yeah. you couldn't control it on the platform so you're mm -hmm. talking about basically if you're geographically in a place censoring the entire internet is basically yeah. what you're saying you're not yeah. actually censoring content they would own the pipes mm -hmm. which is like this is uh yeah that's not good <laughs> yeah and no, it, 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 it's it's <laughs> So whether it's practically even dead. possible for the government to to fucking accomplish is another argument but that's like and and so here's another thing that i wanted to ask you um so another argument that i've heard like against free speech or just saying that it's not that important is that uh some people say, oh, well, people censor themselves all the time. Like, uh, just you, you don't say offensive things at work and blah, 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 blah. Like, so you're always self-censoring. So what does it matter if it's just legislated? And the thing is, I just, I don't want, like, even if, even if there's, even if everyone unanimous, unanimously agreed on what should be censored, I still don't want that because once no party is going to remain in power forever, unless you're the Chinese Communist Party, um, but no party is going to remain in power forever. And so eventually there's going to be someone else in there who's going to come on and, right. and, and classify something that you support as that hate under that hate speech category. And so like, it just, it just doesn't work. It's just not practical. No, you, you let, that's something, I mean, this is my opinion again, but that's like the point I was going to make earlier. I don't even know if this, fucking make sense but like you've got your libertarian argument where it's just like live and let live and then you've got you know you got more conservative ideology where you sort of let the free market take care of that because if you want a productive and um fruitful society there's rules that we've kind of agreed upon that sort of work and there's enough mm -hmm. there's enough examples in history to say like at least we think practically and intelligently like yeah. here's what works and here's what doesn't um and so i agree with you it's sh that shouldn't i mean in the past it's never worked well if the government controls that yeah. so why can't we if even if like you said we unanimously agree that okay we shouldn't say this thing we should do it mm -hmm. we should do it like that 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 argument folds folds like a cheap suit when you when you test it right like oh we we self-censor all the time well it's like yeah because we have we have rules in society we've decided that this is a thing yeah. you don't do at work and and this is like we all kind of agree upon it and it just like yeah. makes for a good work environment and then that idea will eventually be tested and you know now i can i'm wearing fucking shirts uh, shorts in the office like yeah that's now acceptable it's like an idea that we've like okay there's yeah. no real negative 
repercussions of that and we kind of worked it out you know yeah so, so just to like kind of condense that idea social norms are not the same thing as a gov- as a government fine in excess of ten thousand dollars or jail time I'm, well, there you go yeah I'm, I'm i'm quite sure which one people would choose given that option i would rather be chastised by polite society than thrown in jail for uttering the wrong thing at the wrong time in front of the wrong person and in having yeah. someone who's vindictive using that against me and which, which is entirely possible like the world is filled with vindictive people but the point is you don't give them that tool to weaponize legislation that can punish you with jail time for things that you say and because it, it, it just it doesn't work on a philosophical level and it doesn't work on a practical level and this is why any society that has ever clamped down on freedom of speech has spiraled into totalitarianism faster than you can shake a lamb's dick like it's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous i like don't gonna use that one that's a courtesy of the duke for that one yeah. um, <laughs> it is it's ridiculous and here's the left-wing case for freedom of speech as best as i can if the left is so concerned with power inequalities then wouldn't you not want the people who are in power to determine what can and cannot be said and so the the reason there was the big free freedom of speech movement in the 1960s it was to give minorities who who did not have as much uh, social power at the time, the chance to create the case for their rights. Because during the era of Jim Crow, it was if you if you were to other such things, then that's when you can be punished for what you can say. So you you don't want the groups in power to determine what you can say. And so even even if even if the even if I could have the conservative government of my dreams in power right now. I still wouldn't want them legislating what can be said because yeah, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a it's a ridiculous thing. And freedom of an old quote is freedom of speech means absolutely nothing if it does not include speech that you detest. Right. And there's there's lots of speech that I detest. There's lots of things that people say. I I fucking hate the phrase defund the police. I, I hate people who utter defund the police. Um, and but I don't want that to be classified as hate speech. Even if even if I could have everything that I wanted and I was the leader of the country, I would not classify that as hate speech, even though I detest that as a phrase. And but the, but the but people just don't understand like that. They they just they see No, we something. have to have a society that yeah. can hear that idea and decide whether or not it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And that's really all there is. Like there, there's no other solution. There's no other. That's that is the that is the condition that you accept if you want to live in a Western democracy is that you accept that things you are dislike are going to be said at times, and you can either ignore it, you can confront the person who's speaking it and try and work it out, and you can try and settle your opinions because that is how differences of opinion are settled is through uh, speech and negotiation. Okay, I have something for you. Sure. So, I don't know if it's a devil's advocate or it's just like kind of a contrary point that I'm very interested in. So, a conservative or a libertarian, whatever, may say, okay, 
I hear your argument, but what about the conservatives or the people on the other side of the wokies? Um, what about those ones that are are saying the tech companies, for example, should be broken up because they are stifling speech or stifling the freedoms on platforms in which are hosted by their private enterprises, which on our side typically is classified as untouchable, right? You can do whatever you want so, so as is, a private uh, business. If I'm understanding, is this the argument that um, private businesses can do what they want? Right. Okay. So the, I would say that argument is about 10 to 20 years out of date uh, because uh, social media companies are the de facto public square. We, and when, especially in the age of lockdown, when the only way in which we can communicate with each other is through large tech companies, freedom of speech is critical because freedom of speech is how you engage with your politicians. It's how you engage with your uh, local government. It's how, you, it's how you explore new ideas. And so they, social media companies, I, the best, either they get broken up or they get, or they get treated as utilities. In the same way that your electrical can't, company can't come and shut off your hydro because they don't like the words that you say when you're playing video games, uh, tech companies cannot delete you because you criticize gender identity theory or critical race theory. Because these are the de facto public squares. These are one of the primary means of communication now. And they are so, they are so large that they, they are larger than government itself because they were able to remove a sitting US president, which is something that I don't think people appreciate the ramifications of. Oh, I know. That's a whole, um, we could talk about that for a whole yeah, hour. Yeah. Like I, the, pe people treat that with callous indifference and they say, oh, the good. tech companies stole yeah. the election way more than the, the election alleged uh, election fraud. Exactly. Yes. And so, yeah, the, so that argument is, is out of date. The idea that they're private businesses and they can do what they want. They're, they are, they have monopolized communication and information. Okay. And so it's a tough one for me. Yeah. It's a tough one for me. I, I I don't disagree with you. I think like I'm a constitutionalist. And so in that sense, I disagree. Mm -hmm. But I think that they they're they're breaking the law currently because yeah. we don't, at least in the United States, you don't you don't allow allow monopolies and they're breaking that rule. There are yeah. no good alternatives. They would suggest that there are. Yeah, but they're not there. They, they, they just removed the alternatives like they did with Parliament. Well, well, exactly. Um, yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one's a tough I, one. But you can see where you can I, you can see where people get there, right? And like it's yeah. tough because you're saying regulate the tech companies, but don't regulate my speech. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not even regulate the tech companies. It's we are. It's more. It's more making it so that they cannot turn you into a persona non grata they they can't they can't unperson you they can't delete you they can't remove you it's just it i i don't know how that could work out on a legislative level but something needs to be done yeah well i think they're like, breaking the law yeah the 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 answer is 
not and they get they get the 230 protection yeah. because yeah. they're tr they're acting like a platform not a publisher that's the difference between at&t and a hydro company and facebook yeah and so like they're they're not like or sorry a new york times versus a mm -hmm. like new york times can say whatever the fuck they want yeah like just but that's because they're a publisher not a platform do you understand what i'm saying yeah 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 that that makes sense and like so like when it comes to like the tech companies just whether or not they are breaking the law like just the point is something has to be done the answer isn't nothing and i know there's a lot of conservatives who just want to say oh like the market will decide but clearly it won't because it's 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 not right now and um yeah, it's tough that's that's a, that's an argument i'm on the line of yeah and like so this is where i would just have to put uh, like I, I would have to put practicality above principles on this one yeah um and it's it's because the answer can't be nothing and because the cult it's rather like there needs to be a cult so politics is downstream from culture and right now the culture doesn't favor freedom of speech which is why the policies don't reflect that you will never get a pub you in very rare cases will you get a policy proposal that doesn't match some widely spread cultural belief and so right now our culture has accepted the idea that hate speech is a thing it isn't and the idea that freedom of speech just all that isn't all that important it is so that we right we, but we, but that's those are opinions right and i would agree with you but what what would you say if our let's just use a one country as an example mm -hmm. if canada decided that nope you know what we're going to try this even though it's never worked before in history uh we're going to um, ban everything we classify as hate speech and we're not going to define it if 75 percent of society said yep sounds good to me what would you say to that i would say that's insane but I, would you accept it because it's it's the it's the it's the consensus of the public oh no i i wouldn't i would say that i would say that the public has imbibed a lie that they they, they that they have accepted a lie and is that a weird question to ask though do you see what where i'm like where my I, I, my I, I mind's see. going it's like uh, if a if a collective whether they they're right or wrong whether they they're indoctrinated into it or not if yeah. they agree on an idea should it be accepted no no it shouldn't um because people in the and i guess this is why that idea of freedom of speech is so important because if the vast amount of population has accepted a lie, then freedom of speech is the only thing that could potentially change that situation. Because what if they don't want it to be changed? What if they like homeless feces and high taxes? Like California. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, I, we're, we're, we're about to go down into an Orwellian rabbit hole <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now about how i would feel like winston smith in 1984 where he just walks around hating everyone because like he knows that like he's like society isn't like completely been overtaken by the lie um i i i don't have i don't have a solution for something like that but all i know is that the culture of freedom of speech is extremely important and it's it's not a sexy sell. I think that's the biggest problem. It's not sexy to say, oh, you should have debates and try and understand nuance and people's perspectives. Yeah, and people it's, should be able to say yeah. egregious things. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, I know. It's, 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 it's not a good thing to say. It's not, responsibility is never a hot sell for people because that's just not the way that we're programmed. But it, 
good things aren't easy and yeah i, I, I think I, it, I just don't i don't think that people realize the sacrifices that were made so that we can have open dialogue and freedom of speech and so that can yeah and so that people can wander around uttering ridiculous things uh, right it, the like, fact that these people can act like this is is indicative of the sacrifices that previous generations made in in order to give them these freedoms to say something like hate speech is violence is to be so utterly ignorant of what real violence and real oppression oh yeah is it's like we i opened it with that we we have we have it way too good yeah we have it way too good i i so i i'm just gonna i i hate to like sound overly cynical on this one but it kind of reminds me of that thing where it's just like uh strong people create good times good times create weak people weak people create bad times bad times create strong people and it's just that circle and time really is a flat circle on this one and i just think yeah i i hate to sound like an arrogant asshole here but i do think that our uh, as a culture we have become extremely weakened and i'm not trying to hold myself up as the golden standard of what a a proper member of society should be because god knows i have my faults too but at the same time you're a little bitch sometimes yeah i I can't (laughs) (laughs) i i just i i understand how important that that idea of freedom of speech is because as in that's it's not only because i'm someone who loves ideas and loves speaking about this sort of stuff but i I realize how fragile it is it is an extremely fragile value and uh, it's we've in, we're very lucky to inherit it because there are people all over this world right now who wish that they could have the conversation we're having right now. They w- they wish the height of their problems would be that someone misgendered someone else. Mm-hmm. They re- that like that would like if there was ever a time for ideas such as first world problems, that would be it. Because you have people in uh, developing like have Islamic societies who are hanged for uttering the wrong ideas, or you have gay people who are being hanged in Iran and women who experience female genital mutilation and forced abortions in China and the government controlling every aspect of your lives. And so people, I think you need to see it to understand how yeah. how bad it can get. And yeah. unfortunately we have that ability. We have movies and documentaries. There's, there's a great well, movie. Well, for now. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, and, that's the circle. Because like art, like when art starts to serve uh, politics, then that's just when it becomes propaganda. And that's kind of what Hollywood's pushing out right now. But if people want to see a very good idea of what not having free speech and what government control over speech looks like, there's a great German movie called The Lives of Others from the early 2000s. And it's about life in East Germany and an artist and his girlfriend, he's trying to publish a play or something that's critical of the government. And they all grow to hate each other. And uh, like the the woman kills herself because she can't bear the thought that she snitched on her husband. And you just see what this creepy intrusion into the most intimate aspect of your lives does to people. It demoralizes them and they hate themselves and they hate their family and they hate everyone around them. And so when I see people say uh, things like, oh, freedom of speech just isn't that important. Just don't say mean things. It's like, are you really sure you want to set up that precedent? Is that really the road you go, want to go down? Because I don't think that any person who is even remotely aware of history would make such an argument. Well put. 
I think to wrap, I want to ask a question. Do you think that, do you think that the free market can, can, uh, can work any of this out? So I'll give you the example, like look at the, um, this is very like pop culture, but look at the Oscars mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've seen their ratings <laughs> over the last like three or four years. <laughs> like the more the woke they get, is, yeah. the 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 least people watch the the less people watch it. Can I? Can um, I and you're just, seeing. Can I? Just you're seeing that with other one. things yeah. too. Yeah. Go so ahead. So w- w- with the Oscars, what they did. Uh, so in one of their movies was about uh, homeless. How we have to do more for the homeless, and the Academy shoot away all the homeless people that were crowding. The <laughs> That's the, just, the height of irony. That is, like, I thought that was, if, if there was ever anything that could show the disconnect in Tinseltown, that would be it. <laughs> God, it was beautiful. But anyways, so your question about the market, go ahead. Yeah, just like that, just using that as an example. And the only thing I was, I was going to say, in addition to that is you're seeing it like some of the, okay, look, I may or may not, may or may not watch American Idol. Okay. And like, that's just a perfect example. I know that's just a perfect example of like a very horizontal primetime television show that's been on Mm -hmm. for fucking ever. And guess what? They don't add, they don't bring politics into the mix. They just don't, they don't talk about it. Why the fuck is that? Why is that? It's bad for business. Right. Um, that's obvious. The, the UFC so why d- does it? The, the there you go. Yeah, ex- yeah. That's a great. That's a great example, right? Because Dana, Dana, Dana White, right? Yeah, Dana White. He, uh, he's a fucking. He's a donator and a staunch Trump supporter, and he, he is overtly against politics in sports. Period. Yeah. So it's not about right versus left. So it, it's because what, what, is the Oscars just bad or or. Is is this correlation equal causation in that? Well, it, it's alienating because I can give you another example. The NBA is experiencing there you, yeah, uh, there you the, go. It's experiencing the lowest ratings in a long time, if not ever. Because and what's her face? Um, uh, Megan Kelly mopped the floor with uh, LeBron. Uh, no, what's his yeah. name? Mark Cuban on her podcast. I don't know if you listen to that episode it send, was, send, send me the episode I'll it was a few months ago it was good she okay. had him on and it was fiery and i appreciate like anyone she's willing to go to toe-to-toe with anyone mm-hmm. and uh and he he tried to he tried to argue against the fact that fact like oh she's like don't do you think it's a bad idea to bring politics in the nba look at your ratings and he's like rah, 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 rah. and it's like obviously yeah and so yeah it, it it's because people sports and entertainment is supposed to be escapism right that's like that's it's it's supposed to be fun distractions from the stressors of everyday life that's that like but do you think it's the left that the leftist wokey i shouldn't even say the left just the the, whatever the whoever is fucking insane right now do you think it's them that are stopping they're not watching the oscars or do you think it's normal fucking people that don't want to hear that fucking i think it's i think it's normal people i think it's regular liberals i think it's centrists i think it's conservatives i think that the because uh the woke are a very loud but extremely well organized minority um because and the fact that uh their ideas seize the institutions that's just what they because 
Right. Yeah. So people always say, oh, why, why, why worry so much about what goes on in the universities? Well, because what happens in the university is going to trickle down into our institutions. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Right. And so they, they pander to these people because they're the only people you hear from. Because here's the thing, normal people, normal liberals, normal centrists, and normal conservatives are not spending their lives on Twitter yelling peop- at people to wear masks right. and yelling at people to respect pronouns and yelling at people to utter Black Lives Matter and yada, 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 because they have respect they have jobs they have relationships they have things to do well and no they well that that that's kind of a, a that's an interesting point to make because i think that's part of what's so scary about now is do you have any of those things you can't go anywhere man oh yeah that's uh, that's true yeah so that's, guess that's what it. more people are going into those extremes yeah yeah so they're yeah they're being drafted into echo chambers primarily but anyways maybe that's a rabbit those... hole but i, I think it's just it, an interesting be, point yeah. to make it is it is an interesting point and so yeah so they're pandering to an extremely loud minority which is why the numbers do speak for themselves and that's why i yeah. think the, the market does have some say in this uh but i don't think it'll only be a market solution at least not for the tech companies because again like when when it comes to entertainment i just you don't want it to like, you don't want to be get the feeling like you're being hectored at during your, while you're watching a movie or watching a sports game, because like, it's, it's, it's like you have one of these, it's like when you're watching this stuff and you see like these overt woke messages in, that are just mm-hmm. in your face. Mm-hmm. It's like you have, uh, it's like you have some giant gender studies major sitting behind you, like being, being like, yeah, you yeah. see that? That's what you're supposed yeah. to like. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like that, that's, that's what it, it absolutely like. destroys yeah. the enjoyment of, that, of it. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It makes you yeah. roll your eyes into the back of your head and you just groan. Yeah. You're like, Oh my goodness. And so like, so the market does have some sense in this, but I, so, but what I'll kind of end it with is that, Market conservatives, the biggest downside they've always made is they've always relied too much on market forces. They've never inserted themselves into the culture enough. And you, you need a sexy story to tell people. And with the collapse of all the grand narratives, with the collapse of all the religions and the lost faith in capitalism, that's why you have people going to these new religions every single day. And one of these new religions, wokeism, suggests that freedom of speech ain't that important so you need yeah. a good you need a good story but like you need something the, right what is the what is the good cultural story that sells freedom of speech as a paramount value i can't think of any off the top of my head but i can think of at least 10 examples for why speech is violence that are prominent in the culture right now and so that's a good point yeah so p- people are motivated by stories and they need a story to see why freedom of speech is so damn important and here's one uh, if you if you want a good story, read uh, anything that happened in the Soviet Union, anything that happened in Nazi Germany, Cambodia. But it's not a Mouse, it's Mouse not Trump. a fun story. <laughs> it's not a fun story, but it it's it can be. So, for example, the Gulag Archipelago. It's it's a horrendously depressing book, but there's there's a story in there. It's about a man who bought into this stuff, and he bought into. Uh, collectivism and communism and his faith was shattered and then his revelation was that he himself through lying to himself and lying to others was complicit in the creation of this state and that totalitarianism was not a top-down thing it was the participation of everyday individuals and the refusal of those everyday individuals to say no in that in itself is an articulation of the hero's myth which is that you part of you has to die and then you get reborn with this new 
you become enlightened in some sense. And, but yeah, they're, they're like, I don't know. How do you create a grand narrative that uh, yeah. sells free speech? Because I mean, we used to have one. It was called Christ- Christianity. It was, had a good freedom of speech element, Jim with Judaism. They, they both preached the idea of the word of God, which is mean that you, you create the world around you through language and you, and you do that by articulating your thoughts. So your speech creates the world around you. That's kind of a metaphorical uh, articulation of what freedom of speech is. And so I don't know. I just, so the, the, it's a good, it's a good, yeah. it's a bunch of questions yeah, to leave good. off with and yeah. some things to think about. But I like just, the tying that back into how the, the rights narrative has always been religion and it's yeah. unfortunately decaying in our society. Yeah, and that that's not the same thing as us preaching like religious fundamentalism. It's just it's just it's no. More, it's more saying that like, be careful what you throw away because uh, you might not know what it is that you're, like yeah. what what it is that you're losing. Just, just like the, these things have lasted for thousands of years for a reason. And while you might not believe in it explicitly, um, there's still a lot of lessons to be learned. And, a lot of uh, utility. Yeah, and yeah, so uh, like I guess. If I'm if I'm going to recommend something, it's probably track down the, this movie, The Lives of Others, and you it's it's a foreign movie, so there's you're going to be reading subtitles, but it's it's excellent, and you can see what, uh, what not having a culture of freedom of speech does to people, and it's it's absolutely horrifying, and I don't think that, I don't think that we would be better off if we just had an attitude of indifference towards. Uh, freedom of speech being flushed down the toilet, especially with this new Bill C-10. And that's why uh, for the Canadian audience, I strongly encourage you to look into it, uh, do your homework on it and write to your MPs, let them know that this is unacceptable because, or do it while you still can before your emails become regulated because <laughs> God only knows what could happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean to fear monger, but that's, that's where I'm feeling right now. And I'm glad that we had the chance to talk this through. Yeah, thanks for the good chat. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And as always, thanks for schooling me on another topic. This was an intense one. It was was quite (laughs) good. (laughs) It was. Thanks, Clayton. My pleasure. Thanks to to everyone for listening. And uh, apologize for the fact that we are off last week. Uh, Things just got busy, but we'll be back next week with some new hot takes for you. So as always, we appreciate your viewership. And an update on the the Gavin Chronicles. Yes, the Gavin Chronicles. (laughs) Take care.